Hello and welcome back, ladies and gentlemen, to episode two of the new season of Keep the Receipt with Zungi and Ultimush. Let's get right into it with this week of basketball. We're going to kind of get into touch uh, with teams that are not uh, being covered by the national media. So I'll have Ultimush kick us right off and uh, we'll touch base on pretty much a few teams here. Let's get started. So, Zungi, I did want to start off and talk about the Atlanta Hawks. This was one of my surprise teams uh, that I thought was going to be really, really good. I know we had talked about this uh, a few episodes ago, but I guess my predictions are coming true. Uh, they are looking pretty good right off the bat. Uh, they just uh, took care of the Brooklyn Nets. Yeah. Yep. Uh, and they are 4-2 and two to start off the season. Rajon Rondo hasn't even played yet. Uh, they mm. had an impressive win. I mean, they played... The Nets both games very tough. The first game they lost one forty five to one forty one. It was a mm-hmm. super high scoring game. Yeah. Uh, and then they came back the next day and they you know they trounced them pretty good one fourteen and ninety six beating them by eighteen points. Mm-hmm. And it was a solid team performance and that's kind of one of the reasons that I thought that you know Atlanta would be really good. Right. Uh, is because I thought you know they had a whole bunch of really good players and you know Trey, uh, DeAndre Hunter, uh, Clint Capella. John Collins and you know Saul uh, Bogdan Bogdanovich and uh, so like the against the Nets you know they had five guys in double figures Bogdan didn't even play good he only had seven points and they beat them right. they practically blew out the Brooklyn Nets uh, they had three players scoring over twenty points you had you know DeAndre Hunter uh, John Collins and Trey Young and mm-hmm. I think Trey Young made the All Star team last year but I think Trey Young is gonna even he's take a, that I think year. he's gonna take another leap and he's gonna I don't think he's going to be in the MVP conversation, but like his trajectory is just scrolling up. Like, you know, him and yeah. there's that inevitable debate between him and Luca because they were traded for each other. Right. But man, Trey Young this year, you know, 28, 8, and 5, which is like LeBron esque numbers. Yeah. Granted, it's only six games into the season, but yeah. he, was dro- he was dropping like 34 until like a couple games ago where, you know, his average has dropped. But right. I mean, Trey Young dropping 25 to 27. I think it's probably going to happen this year. And right. then he's shooting 45%, 36 from three, and then 90% from the free throw line. Even has a chance to maybe do 50, 40, 90 if, you know, he gets that going. And um, just, I really, really excited about the Atlanta Hawks. I know, like we said, a lot of the media is not covering this team. And, you know, they're not, I guess they're not the, the talk of the town. It's always the same few teams. And I wanted to right. give show some love to the Atlanta Hawks. And um, yeah, so I mean, I didn't have them in my playoff bracket. I thought they were going to be out, but it seems like the uh, Washington Wizards, who I had as my surprise <laughs> team, they seem like they are pretty awful at the moment, um, and they're not really clicking. And the Hawks came right off the bat and clicked. The other thing about the Hawks is last year, if uh, if if I recall correctly, the uh, Hawks John Collins was suspended um, due to a steroid. I believe I believe it was, uh, yeah. and this was a very similar thing to what happened in Phoenix since DeAndre Ayton, and he was lost. and, and John Collins was going to be big, right? And he looks he looks great. Um, he's at about seventeen and seven right now. Man, that last game on Brooklyn, he he smashed on Kevin Durant, I believe. <laughs> he had some. Oh, I'm sorry, Jared Allen, um, who was their shot blocker. He 
he he had a huge dunk and obviously like this in like he plays that powerful you know high flying sort of game and John Collins is looking very good and I want to give props to him he's looking really solid off the bat and obviously you know Trey Young you know what you're going to get out of him and he's giving you just that and the whole team just in general you know like even Clint Capella wasn't initially back and now he's back and they're getting all these pieces back together Rajon's not back like this team's going to get a lot better as the season progresses and obviously um, teams are going to start keying on on Trey and that's when you know these other guys are going to come intact uh, when when it comes to Bogdan or when it comes to even Gall- Gallinari um, or you know even Rajon, uh, Clint yeah. Capella all these guys they're going to have to step up their game a little bit when teams are going to key in on Trey Young and stopping him uh, and obviously like you know it's a big big league big league and and this leads to you know just guys you know, especially a guy that Trey Young said, I'm not going to say he's going to break down or anything by any manners, but, you know, it, it, wear and tear comes about. And, and he's going to figure it out because Trey Young's just been great, right? For for the past two years, obviously, since he's came into the league, he's been amazing. He's already been an all-star. He's going to be an all-star again this year. And, you know, he's looking great. And he's going to figure that out, obviously, as, as the season progresses. But, you know, this team is looking really good. And, and even Cam Reddish, I feel like, he just hasn't came out and um, that player that he's supposed to be, but maybe, maybe, you know, he breaks out as well. So, man, I mean, the Hawks are looking good and looks like they're going to make my uh, playoff bracket uh, all messed up. <laughs> uh, yeah, I think you put too much stock into the Wizards to begin with, but I mentioned that to you when you did that. Uh, but yeah, I think one of the things I did want to cover was the, the Luca and Trey Young trade. Uh, I think obviously they're always going to be connected no matter what happens. And whenever Luca plays really, really well, uh, they're going to mention Trey Young. And whenever Trey Young plays very, really well, they're going to be like, hey, you know, Luca. So I think that's kind of the things I don't want to talk about. Uh, so again, if you guys don't know the actual trade, it was Trey Young for Luca, but also uh, the Hawks also got a future first round pick, which was protected in 2019, which ended up actually being Cam Reddish um, from the Mavericks. And right off the bat, I think maybe last year for sure everybody would say Luca, like you know, was clearly the better player, and the Mavericks won that trade. But I think, like I said, Trey Young is, like you had mentioned, Trey Young is kind of getting into his own, and he's just going to be better. And if he puts up similar stats to, you know, Luca, he's going to be in that. You know, I think the Hawks could say, hey, we won the trade too. We got, we also got Cam Reddish in the process of getting somebody similar to Luca, maybe not as good as Luca. Um, but you know, right in that same ballpark where he's going to be giving those same side of stats, maybe the impact is not exactly the same, but I think with the help of Rajon Rondo, which I think that's a big factor in the growth for Trey Young, right. uh, the, the locker room presence, the guy who's in there, who's in the facility every single day, you know, a veteran who's been in the big games, who's played for championships. championships yeah. Uh, he's a, he's right now, he is a champion, right? He technically he's on the, he's on the Hawks, but he champion. just won a title. He's been a champion. Yeah. And I think that will definitely help Trey Young kind of, you know, evolve into that player that he can, you know, reach those MVP levels. And so I wondered, you know, one thing about Luca right now is that he didn't really come out the gate very well. Uh, he's right now he's shooting 16% from the three-point line, uh, mm-hmm. only 5 of 31. Right. Uh, you know, there's reports that he came out into the he came into the season a little overweight, out of shape, you know. And he's kind of admitted that, you know, he's not looked himself and... You know, it's a little concerning because that's kind of the thing that, you know, everybody mentions with Harden, but then Harden kind of came in and just did his thing, and Luka hasn't really done that. The Mavericks haven't really looked great yet. Right. Uh, you know, they've 
Uh, they're only the two of the three losses, you know, that by have been about a combined fifty-two points, mm. and one of them to the Hornets by twenty-nine. And if the Mavericks are going to be what a lot of people think they're going to be, you know, a top four, top five seed in the West, right? Uh, they're going to have to pick it up dramatically. Um, yeah, they're also they're also missing Porzingis, so that's I think that's gonna that's gonna be huge for them because mm-hmm. he spreads the floor, he opens up the lanes for them. I mean, mostly even right now they have guys that stretch the floor a lot. Uh, you got Keep uh, Kleber who stretches the floor. You got Josh Richardson who stretches the floor. You got Hardway who stretches the floor. I mean, they got guys that are obviously stretching the floor, but I, I think they they are really missing that presence of Porzingis. Uh, Porzingis not only just stretches the floor. I feel like he does provide a lot of the defensive problems that they might be experiencing at the moment. Not only that, they also you know the rebounding that they, they might be missing out because of Porzingis. I mean, Porzingis is great on both ends. I'm not saying he's some great defensive anger, but obviously, if you got a seven footer down there, um, people are going to be less likely to drive in as much and you know try to score on your guards. Mm-hmm. And obviously, Luca did come down with this contusion just recently too, so he's out as well. And obviously, this goes into the fact that you know. Luca's been, you know, this figure that's been made out to be generational type, and obviously he came out and he's not looking as good. Um, but obviously, like this, uh, as the season progresses, let's see where this goes. Obviously, teams are this is their guy. Whenever teams are going into games, they're focusing on Luca Doncic, you know, and locking him up. And you know that first, like I mentioned, I believe he with the Phoenix Suns when he went 0 for 6. He shot 42 from field goal. Um, which was pretty bad, man. Like that, and obviously they lost that game too. So I mean, and he, I mean, do credit where credits due. Um, Mikhail Bridges did help <laughs> help in that scenario. Yeah. Um, and obviously, but but Luca, you know, he has to figure it out. He has to be better every night as well. He's not really shooting as well. Um, and obviously, if it's shape. You know, being overweight and things of that nature, um, and off season would do that to you. You know, he has to figure out and then be more. You know, I guess put his work ethic in. You know, and and be that hard worker and that horse. If he really is this generational player, you know, you can't come into no season being out of shape. It's just it doesn't bode well for you or your team, and that's where I'm at on the Mavericks. Yeah, and I wanted to add about Luca was that you know his stats are still really good, twenty four seven and six on the surface they look really good. I mean those are you know he can get out of bed and practically put those kind of stats up. You know right. he, he's he, he's kind of like the you know LeBron and stuff. They just get out of bed and they give you twenty five five and five right or whatever the case is. Those are those are just regular numbers for Luca, but the imp- the impact isn't the same. You know, yeah. and I kind of wanted to get your thoughts on the fact that he did kind of come into the you know the season a little overweight or you know not in shape you know not in game shape i guess yeah and uh, is that something that's concerning do you think that you know he's still a young guy and you know is that something that you would be concerned about you know um a, a little bit it's, it's a little alarming to me especially young guys you know they're trying to prove their worth and in the league and obviously they want to stay for a long period of time some guys will come in and they'll work their work their workhorses um and obviously it seems like a little bit you know i i don't want to put too much into this but luca you know if he's this generational type of player that people are speaking about then man like you got to come in there and you got to put in the work and if you're you know coming in overweight and things of that nature especially with you know you've had a lot of time off not only just with uh the season itself your season ended earlier in playoffs too 
You guys were first round exit. One, you had the whole pandemic to, to prepare for all this. You know, there's teams that are hounding that are working, you know, around the clock, man. Um, just, just to mention just a little bit, the other day, the, the Phoenix Suns won a 25-point blowout, 25 blowout game. And you had guys right after that going into going to shoot around and then going to lift weights, you know, like that type of work ethic. And obviously you'll need that. If the Mavericks want to be successful, they have to be willing to put in that extra work. And um, same thing with Luca, man. There's no excuse. Obviously he's, he's their leader and he has to lead by example. So uh, if he wants people to follow along with his, you know, or his team to follow along, he has to fall in line with, you know, doing the right stuff. Um, I'm not, I'm not no, you know, guru on fitness or anything like that but man like you know a, a guy like Luca, you know it's like saying oh LeBron came in out of shape uh for the Lakers you know how hard how, how is this teammates gonna perceive that you know um same thing with Luca. uh that's that's it's the same sort of concept um he's no LeBron but at the same time his team he's the leader of that team and you know I I'm not too much buying into it but I mean he's gonna uh, he needs to improve that part of his, uh, I guess, his repertoire. Yeah, and I think the last point that I wanted to make on Luca is that, you know, there's expectations this year, you know. And the yep. last last year or the year before, it was, hey, he's just a, he's a rookie. He's just first-year, second-year player. You know, anything that you do is practically gravy, right? If you're playing really, really good, hey, this guy's really good. And, you know, everybody was a lot of expectations. You know, uh, Luca's the favorite. He was the favorite going to the season for the MVP award. So there is like high expectations, not just from fans of the Mavericks, but just NBA fans in general. Also, odds makers are saying, "Hey, Luca's going to be that guy." Yeah. MVP, yeah. Yeah, and you know, last year was like th- he was always close to a triple double, and right now he hasn't lived up to that yet. Mm-hmm. And I think this year, you know, like we expected, we expect the Mavericks to be a top four or five seed, and right now the way they're not playing that way. And I think Chris Tapps is definitely going to help with that because that will open Luca's game up more. Uh, the pick and pop game with him and Chris Tapps is, you know, something that's lacking in their system. And you know, Chris Tapps is just as big as part of the system as Luca right. uh, in terms of what they want to do on the offensive end. And some of these role players are going to kind of fit back into their role when Chris Tapps does come back. But it's just, you know, it's it's a little like I said, it's a little concerning that Luca came in out of shape. Like you're you're. I don't think you've built enough cachet to yeah. come in out of shape, shape you know? Right, right, right. I was like, you know, if you're if you're LeBron or some player of that, you know, you're Harden, you're Steph, somebody who's, somebody who's been in the league for, you know, five, six, seven, eight years, and you've shown consistently that you can consistently do it at that level, right. you know, you're, you're willing to take that. You know, you'll be like, okay, like, I understand, right? But I think that's one of the great things about LeBron and some of these you know, players that they just, they're never out of shape. They're just always like LeBron was mentioned, like he's always ready to play. And, you know, he said, you don't have to get ready if you're always ready, you know? And that's, that's kind of mindset that, you know, I feel like a lot of players don't have, even though they should. And, you know, I think Luca kind of needs to just, you know, get himself ready. And I think that they'll be fine. I think the Mavericks are going to be still good, but it's just, you know, a little concerning that Luca didn't really show up prepared, you know? For sure, for sure. Let's head over to the East Coast and talk about the Washington Wizards, who are 2-5 and five after they've won today. And obviously, they picked up their biggest win of the season, and this was against the Brooklyn Nets. So go right ahead and uh, kick us off on this one. Yeah, I think, uh, obviously, the big thing was they got Westbrook over the, 
the summer, not even the summer, I guess, was summer, fall, and winter time frame. Yeah. Uh, but, you know, Westbrook today was sort of what Westbrook is. You know, he had 24 points. He had 10 assists. He had five rebounds, seven of 25. So he shot more <laughs> shots than he had points. Uh, you know, one for seven from three. And, you know, uh, yikes. Yeah, like this is Westbrook, you know, 25 points, 24 shots. I mean, so, you know, Westbrook's stats this year look great, like kind of similar to Lucas, right? They look great on the surface. If you just looked at the numbers, you'd be like, oh, he's having a great year. You know, 19 points, 12 rebounds, 12 assists. And don't get me wrong, 12 rebounds for a point guard, whether you get in box out or not from your teammates to get rebounds, uh, is a great thing. But, you know, he's only shooting 42%. 26 from three and you know 65 percent from the free throw line and he's playing 37 minutes a game and this is kind of what you know westbrook wanted this is the you know the rumors right that he wanted to leave the rockets he wanted to go to his quote-unquote his own team and you know play a lot of minutes put up a lot of stats uh which is practically showing that he doesn't want to win the title and you know you you can't do both you can't Go to a team and put it like go. You can't go to the Wizards, not win a title on the Wizards, one way or the other. But you can go put up a lot of stats, and that's kind of what Westbrook is saying. Hey, he might even break like eventually down the line. He might even break Oscar Robertson's record for most triple doubles in the history of the NBA. Mm. But you know, I think he's kind of chosen that path. That hey, winning doesn't matter to me as much as people would make you believe. Westbrook cared about winning, and you know, until today, like. They hadn't even won a game. The one game that they won, Westbrook sat out for rest, yeah. and they beat the Minnesota Timberwolves. Right. And uh, I think that's kind of an epitome of Westbrook, and I told you this from the get-go, and this isn't hindsight. This is kind of what I expected. You know, they're going to play better. It's just sometimes Westbrook wants it too much, and he just does too much, and he needs to just kind of tone it back some and just let yeah. the players... Let Bradley Beal be the main guy. And I kind of wanted to get your thoughts because you were higher on him and the Wizards than I was. I took the path less traveled by, all right, (laughs) on Westbrook. And um, uh, maybe I'm eating my words here, but like I said, man, this Westbrook thing, like, you know, he wants to put up these stats and his stats looks good, right? And But they haven't won any games. And how many games are they actually going to win? And it's not like anybody's playing bad. You got Hachimura playing good. You got Bryant playing well. You have Bradley Buell, who's averaging, probably leading the league in points. I could be wrong on this. Uh, He's at 31 points a game. Like, the the Wizards are playing just, like, pretty good, like, all in all. And you got Russell Westbrook putting up almost 20 a game. But, I mean, they're losing games. You got so many guys playing well, but how are they losing these games? Um, And, you know, maybe it's a product of just an early season. I don't know. But, I mean, I I hope Westbrook comes around. But, man, like, it's it's like the same story all over again. This is that OKC. um, I'm going to put up a whole bunch of triple doubles, but we ain't going to do much. You know, and and then this is the same thing. It's been it's been like this with Westbrook. I mean, I don't I don't understand it anymore. I just feel like. He he just wants to go out there and just put up put up stats. I mean, I mean he's gonna be he's probably gonna be in the Hall of Fame. I mean just because of his you know his MVPs and triple double. I mean he's he's a Hall of Famer, no doubt. Yeah. And uh, but man, like his career is winding down. I guess he just wants to put up these stats and and be happy with this. And I mean Washington Wizards don't look good coming 
you know, out, out of the gate here. Um, hopefully they can turn things around. Uh, there's rumors for Bradley Beal being traded out of the Washington Wizards, which is kind of saying that the ship is sailing uh, with the Washington Wizards. And um, I've read some rumors on those. And hopefully they are not true. But um, And the Washington Wizards can be good. But uh, at the moment, it doesn't look too too good for them. And, and this Westbrook thing, yes, I was high on him. And I guess I get to eat my words on that one. Um, and the Hawks, like I said, are proving me wrong as well. Um, and that's that's my flip-flop here is going to be the Hawks coming they're, they look like they're gonna. They're, they're probably gonna make the playoffs, and the Wizards don't look like they're gonna make the playoffs. It looks like a lottery team, but we'll see. As and we'll talk a little bit more about this as as the season progresses, and you know, the, the, Russell Westbrook's really won one game this whole season. The one victory that they had that was pretty, you know, I guess convincing. Uh, was without him, yeah. Um, which is kind of unreal that oh Russell Westbrook's out on the team and they actually win that game. Yes, ladies yeah. and gentlemen, that happens a whole lot. Um, yeah. And it's it's just it, I feel like it's a flow thing, and and I feel like mm-hmm. I want to say he messes up the flow of these players that are obviously you know Russell Westbrook's a new player coming into the Washington Wizards. Yeah. And all these other guys have had some sort of a continuity with each other and they know this flow and I feel like Russell Westbrook does interrupt that a, a lot and he messes things up. Um he's a great teammate, but man like is he how does he help, how is he helping his team um just put him up like stat- statistically he looks great, mm-hmm. but it, it's it's the eye test it's when you look at the game and you see it, and you know the things he does, scoring twenty four off twenty five shots, like what, like, and this happens a lot with Westbrook. Yeah. This is a history of him doing this type of stuff. Um, but man, like, I mean, I don't know. I, it seems like the Washington Wizards aren't going to be that great. Yeah, and I think one of the things that I wanted to add to the Westbrook is that he's a great teammate. Nothing, nobody's ever questioned his, you know fight for his teammates and fight for the team. I think sometimes it's just not a good fit. And that even was... his leadership abilities, I don't question those. I think he's a great leader too, but it's it's about, you know, like just just the way he plays. His decision making on the court, his yeah. ability to, you know, take a smart shot compared to a dumb shot, which he tends to take a lot of dumb shots. Yeah, and like um, just shooting threes it hasn't been his forte for the past three years. Why do you keep hoisting up threes, <laughs> my guy? Like, bro, it's seven, like seven threes a game. You, you, you one for seven. What are you shooting this this year, anyways? Yeah. You know, I'm sure it's under thirty percent. Yeah, twenty six percent. Amazing. Yeah. And uh, so, I mean, he's shooting twenty six percent. Why are you hoisting up these threes? I just don't get it, man. Uh, uh, and like just. Just to kind of further reiterate your point, uh, just the game today against Brooklyn, they were they were down they were down by one. Uh, he was open at the three point line, of course, because the team wanted him to take the three. The shot, yeah. He took the three, held the follow through, missed the three, and then let uh, TLC run down the other end, get a layup, and get the lead for the Warriors. And then on the following play, Bradley Beal did not give the ball to Westbrook and he ended up actually getting the uh, pass to Thomas Bryant who made the the dunk the yeah, game the winning dunk, dunk. Yeah. and um, that's kind of the thing right like Westbrook they want you to take that shot in the end of the game there's a reason you're you're open from the three point line 
And this is very similar to what he did, you know, in the OKC series against the, uh, against the Rockets last year. He had a wide-open jump shot. It was a mid-range, which was, you know, I'm okay with that shot. If it's a mid-range for Westbrook, right. he's pretty good from that range. But that's where he should, like, reside. Like, that's, yeah. that should be his home. Just yeah, and shoot I think, those mid-rangers all day. It's okay. We'll take those. Mid-range and drives, bro. But, man, when you're shooting these threes, like, yeah. stop hoisting them up. Yeah, and I thought, like, when last year when he was playing good with the Rockets, he wasn't. He was taking, like, two threes a game during the stretch when he was dropping 31, 7, and 8 for the, like, a month and a half, two-month period. He was taking only two threes a game. He was just consistently driving the ball every single time. And I think that's kind of another thing is that his his athleticism is, you know, kind of dwindling and slowly. Yeah. And Westbrook relies so heavily, catching up. Yep. so heavily on athleticism. And that's kind of one of the things that's kind of, you know, push his career down quick over some other players that are just his age is because they don't rely so much on athleticism and he's a lot he's had a lot of knee injuries and you know he had a quad injury in the bubble and he's just had all these surgeries that you know he's always been constantly recovering from during the offseason and you know it's just like right now he's just he rests back to back he rests random games throughout you know even just the season just started and he's already resting certain games and you know that's a that's a sign of deterioration of a great player that's, you know, heavily relying on athleticism, which is a lot different than, you know, somebody like Kevin Durant who had an a, even worse injury than Westbrook, but he doesn't rely so much on athleticism, so he can just come back and be Kevin Durant. And Westbrook is, a, you know, he has a, a minor injury compared to Kevin Durant, but those injuries are much more impactful to his game and, you know, in a negative aspect and thing I did want to flip this over to the other side, you know, who he got traded for. You know, John Wall is on the Rockets, and he's only played two games, but John Wall has looked really, really good to me. Super explosive, super fast. Man, like, I watched John Wall, but it's been a long time since I watched John Wall. And, man, like, he's fast. Like, <laughs> I don't know I don't know how to say it, but, like, it's just, like, holy crap. Like, they're all professionals, and they're all athletes, and they're really, really fast. But then you see, like, John Wall, and you see, like, a De'Aaron Fox, and you're like, man, there's, there's like, another level that's... Yeah, they, speed. Their speed is just, like, another level. Yeah. And, you know, John Wall just played his... Uh, you know, he played two games. He's averaging 25 and 7. Again, it's only two games, and I get that. He's not going to do that for the entire year. He's probably going to be closer to, you know, the 18, 19-point range, my guess. Probably maybe higher on the assist range. Right. But uh, he just had a game, you know, Harden didn't play. And one, and he had 28, 6, and 4, and he played 37 minutes. So we'll kind of see how he recovers from a high, you know, high minute game. Yep. And, uh, you know, that was the main thing with uh, John Wall is like, how does he look? And he looks pre injury, you know, uh, pre injury John Wall, where he's an all star level or all star capable player. Right. And, you know, that was. That was the whole thing, kid. You know, Westbrook's probably a better player. Westbrook's probably still a better player right now. Right. But, you know, John Wall and we got a, the Rockets got a first-round pick from the trade. Right. And if John Wall kind of goes on trajectory that he's looking, even the, even the preseason, he looks, you know, very solid and very fast and explosive. And Kevin Durant had mentioned that during the offseason when they asked yeah. him about John Wall and, you know, pickup right. games that he was playing. He's like, he looks really explosive. And, you know, everyone kind of takes it with a grain of salt. It's a pickup game. It's not, you know real NBA basketball. Right. But, you know, John Wall looked really, really nice. And I kind of want to get your thoughts on, you know, John Wall. And and if you think, right, like, again, maybe it's too soon uh, to say who that the Rockets won this trade or the Wizards have lost this trade. Uh, but it's trending in that direction. 
And I uh, just want to get your thoughts on John Wall, and uh, we'll kind of go from there. Yeah, so with John Wall, like, I mean, he looks he looks good, right? Like, in the couple of games that I've seen, he looks good. Um, and he super explosive, like you said, and, you know, speed, you know, speed-wise, he, he looks amazing, right? Uh, and that's something crazy for somebody that hasn't played in two years. But also, like, I want to I tone it down a little bit mm-hmm. and say, hey, you know, let's slow that train down in terms of, you know, this is just, you know, him coming back after after two years of just resting. Um, teams aren't, you know, like focused on what John was on. They'll be like, hey, he needs to prove it before we start, you know, start working a defensive game towards him. And obviously that's, that's when it's going to come in. And obviously he's he's kind of upbeat. He's coming back on the basketball court and there's another mm-hmm. adrenaline flowing through him. Um, that, that helps a lot, uh, especially when you're, you know, coming back after such a long time. So, um, John Wall, I mean, I'll have to, it's too soon for me to even speak on it, but I mean, the Rockets have other issues that are obviously a lot more, uh, prevalent and a lot more, uh, I guess, uh, more to worry about there, um, that the Rockets have to worry about before, you know, this John Wall thing, because, you know, John Wall, he'll work out just fine, but you know, the Rockets have to figure other things out with Harden. Um, that's like the main thing because I don't even know where that's going. Um, this is gonna mess up like the team chemistries and all that. And I've speaking on this too many times, but you know, you know, we'll see what John Wall brings to the table. And I feel like he's looking great, and he could come back to All Star form. Um, and another thing with John Wall is like, man, like when he was in the Wizards, what that that team was what first round exit. Mm-hmm. They might have made the second round one time around. Yeah, I mean that's that that might be you know John Wall right there. You know, like that's their prime and same thing with James Harden been a very similar case in terms of you know playoff success and and being a great regular season team and these guys look great in regular season all the time and whenever the playoffs come around like what happens then um and a lot of these guys and the reason why I go straight to the playoffs because a lot of these guys have been in the league for a very long time John Wall James Harden they have been in the league for a very long time they're judged on their success in the playoffs at this point. They're gonna look great throughout the throughout throughout the regular season. Majority of them are. It's just the way they know how to play the game and they know how to figure things out and they know how to, you know, adjust themselves to the teams that they're playing against. And you know, these are professional basketball players at the top of their crafts. Um, so with John Wall, it's like you know, like his progression throughout the season, which is gonna matter how he stays healthy he's good let's see what he does in the playoffs and that's that's where i'm gonna judge john wall because i mean man like the rockets they look great in regular season this is almost an every year news type of deal they look amazing regular season and then the playoffs come around and then they're duds so let's wait another maybe you know go give about john wall about 10 15 games before i make the full you know prediction on him um he is coming back from that two-year injury but he looks really good i like that um, but we'll go from there. So next up, I do before we get into that last topic, uh, let's talk about the giveaway real quick. Um, we were planning on doing it this week, obviously, but let's. So I know maybe a lot of people don't have both Instagram and Twitter. So what we'll kind of do here is if you can just give us a follow on either the Instagram handle or even the Twitter handle, uh, which for the Instagram it's Keep the Receipts Pod. And for Twitter, like it's KTR Pod. So if you can go ahead and follow us on either or, uh, we'll go ahead and do the giveaway. We'll f- finish it up next week. This is no like we're not trying to hold back or anything. I, I just didn't know that if everybody had, you know, 
both both platforms um and that's perfectly fine if you don't we'll kind of just add everybody in there and uh from from that list we'll go ahead and do the giveaway okay so this is going to be your last chance and uh, whoever we pick it'll be next week we'll announce it on the show and we'll also dm you if you want all right so with that being said um let's transition over to the west team which is the denver nuggets who were in the Western Conference final last year after overcoming two three one deficits, and they are off to a one and four start. Where are we at on this, Altamash? Uh yeah, this is again another team slowly out of the gate, kind of very similar to the Mavericks, except the Mavericks have sort of an excuse because their second best player is not there, but the the Nuggets have had all their players, and their only victory this year so far was against the Rockets, and that was the Rockets with nine men. Uh, obviously, a lot of the players were COVID contact tracing, so they were out. You know, John Wall was out, Boogie Cousins, uh, Jay Sean Tate. Uh, there was like three or four players of the Rockets that were out, and Eric Gordon was one of them. So the Nuggets only have won one game this year, which is surprising for a team that a lot of people have a top three team. Like some people think that they might even be top two Right after the Lakers, everyone, you know, the Nuggets have always been a great regular season team. So for them to start off, you know, really bad is kind of surprising. But uh, one of the things was, you know, Mike Malone even mentioned, he's like, we're like, we're bad. Like, we're not good right now. And, you know, right. he's like, even he's probably a little concerned, too, that, you know, right out the gate that the team isn't, as uh, you know, team isn't looking good like as they did during the bubbles. They, they might have been, they were the surprise team, right? Nobody expected the Nuggets to be in the Western Conference Finals. They again, they're the only team to ever come back from two, two three, three, one def- deficits in the same playoff. in the same in the same postseason. Yeah. And now Michael Porter Jr. is out with uh, due to COVID protocols as well. He's their second leading scorer, right after Jokic. He he was doing nineteen and six. And I think one of the big problems with that is they have lost Torrey Craig. Uh, they've lost Jeremy Grant. So one of the things the Nuggets had going for them for a good two, three years was that they had strong wing depth. And now that those two guys are on, on different teams, uh, now that the Michael Porter Jr. injury looks even, you know, bigger. Yeah. Uh, because Definitely of that fact. hurting them a lot more. Yeah. And, you know, Michael Porter Jr. became a big part of their team. Yep. And he's like, right after, I think he's a third, he's definitely third option on the team right after Jamal Murray, Jokic, and then it's Michael Porter Jr. And, him falling off, like him obviously having this, you know, he might be out for a week or a week or two, and they're struggling already with him. So I think, you know, building that chemistry is going to be another issue that they need to kind of get into. But uh, and last thing that I want to talk about was Gary Harris. I don't know what has happened to Gary Harris. It wasn't very long ago when everybody was debating, oh, like, I thought... Who's their best player? Yeah, like, it wasn't even, like... I thought for the longest, I thought Gary Harris was better than Jamal Murray. And it wasn't like, it was a ludicrous take to have that, you know, Gary Harris is better than Jamal Murray. And Mm -hmm. right now it's like, you sound crazy if you even bring up the thought that there was even a debate at this point. Like this year, this year, eight points a game, 15% from the three point line. He's never been like, he's been, he hasn't been like Steph Curry from the three point line, but you know, he's been in the mid thirties for his entire career. You know, yeah. it's only been two years ago. He's dropping like 18 points a game. Right. And now he's like a bench player who just, you know, he plays here and there. And, you know, he's not closing out games. And I know he wasn't really part of the bubble, even though he came back. 
he was injured, and maybe the injury is playing a big part in you know him not I recovering. I noticed he was playing a lot of a lot of heavy minutes, especially I think his heavy minutes. He played thirty six minutes against the Suns, but, but like yeah. to, playing thirty six minutes and doing what though you know yeah, yeah. and i think that's like since the nuggets have lost so much depth i think that you know somebody like a gary harris needs to step it up and yeah. give them that you know fill that void that sure. jeremy grant has left and tory craig because yeah. those guys were playing solid minutes last year for the nuggets and um no doubt it's it it's a little concerning because the nuggets like i mentioned before they're they've always been good and Jokic is playing like the superstar that he is and yep. Jokic never gets enough love he dominated the Rockets in the game that they won. He right. had like 18 assists in that game. Imagine a center with 18 assists. Oh, he's been <laughs> dominating all season long. Yeah, and yeah. he's like leading their team in what? Rebounds and assists and points. And I think Jamal Murray needs to step it up too. Jamal, yeah, <laughs> and Jamal Murray needs to step it up. I think Jamal Murray's kind of been uh, not, not living up to the hype that the bubble has created. For him. Yeah. yeah yep. And I mean, I kind of it was kind of expected because during the bubble, Jamal Murray was like, another like nuclear player. bomb yeah <laughs> he was another player in the bubble and then you just your thoughts on the nuggets and you know so just kind of go from there yeah so um uh, i want to touch up before i touch up on gary harris a little bit here uh, i did want to talk about the denver nuggets so a couple of things here obviously they lost jeremy Grant, which was a huge part of their defense not only that he stretched the floor um gave him really good you know production off the three mm-hmm. um all that good stuff so that's that's that, that's obviously gonna hurt and they have to figure that out um you know mpga didn't have as big of a role, I would say, last year as he does this year. Yep. Um, his role has obviously increased in some night. They lost Tory Craig as well, which is who comes off the bench for them. Um, that that was that was also a big part of there. But I mean, Tory Craig is not as impactful for the Nuggets as yeah. much as you know uh, the Jeremy Grant thing is. So. Sure. With that being said, Michael Porter Jr. Obviously, this is uh, also a fit, right? They're they're c- kind of trying to gel in uh, because Michael Porter Jr. Now he takes shots like that's out of the flow or out of the rhythm because like his teammates doesn't know when he's gonna pull up <laughs> because they haven't been in gelled with them. You know, like he'll pull up and and Michael Porter Jr. can take some crazy shots yeah. and he does those things, right? So um, you know, just his teammates not being in the flow with him and and just kind of learning um, that might be is the reason why they came out, you know, a little slow out of the gates, but I think they're going to figure it out. And obviously it hurts when you go down with this COVID protocol, throws everything off, especially with the early season, with not having enough preseason time to prepare all that good stuff. So this is a a lot of things that they, that they have to obviously figure out in that scenario. So that's my thing with Denver, because I think they're going to figure it out. I think Jamal Murray is going to be better too. Um, His last game, when I, the last game that I saw with the Suns again, um, he looked spectacular, man. There's no like, you know, Mikhail's been locking up people. Mm-hmm. Couldn't lock up no Jamal Murray. He was amazing. Um, even though we won the game, uh, Jamal Murray was a monster. And I believe he missed the game too um, right before that. So, uh, and Yoka's been a monster. Uh, he's been a monster. Uh, every single aspect of the game, this it, this guy is probably the best center in the NBA right now. Um, without a doubt. The man is carrying points, carrying rebounds carrying assist i mean what <laughs> what does this man need to do you know yeah and obviously um they, they'll figure it out and uh hopefully they they gel well together and michael porter jr is gonna be a huge part of this team as well with the gary harris thing um read a couple of stuff on him and man like it's been since his hip injury 
um, that he's gone down and he hasn't really ever found that confidence back. Um, I, I want to mention this incredible thing that, that I read up earlier. So last year against the Lakers in the playoffs, this guy went, he made seven shots throughout the whole series. Crazy. Seven of 27 at 26%. The guy was dropping damn near 20 points a game just a year a year before that yeah and um I, I i don't know what it is maybe he's lost confidence and he doesn't have enough confidence and just you know injury i i don't know what it is maybe he just hasn't gotten it back since since his since all those lingering injuries that he's uh, experienced and man i mean it's kind of tough and kind of sad to see because i mean th- there was a point that is true that oh who do you who do you pick between Murray and Harris, you know? And um, Harris was maybe the better pick at the time, but it, obviously that's not a question and, and hasn't been a question for the past couple of years, I would say. Um, uh, Jamal Murray's taking that helm. and But, I mean, it's kind of sad to see. Like, they want this guy, obviously, if they want to be into that, you know, contender spot, you know, Gary Harris needs to be that guy again, and that's the way they're going to take that next step. Yeah. And obviously, with Murray improving as well, but man, Gary Harris, it's kind of sad to see like uh, what he's gone. They gave him an extension, a four year extension, and obviously, they're kind of eating that now. Um, that's not really looking good there. Sad to see like Gary Harris, maybe he'll figure it out, but man, it's been a couple of years, so. Um, I don't know where they go from here, but I think the Denver Nuggets will themselves will be all right. Um, they'll be great. Um, they're going to be in the playoffs. Obviously, they just need to figure out and gel together and figure out, you know, how they're going to run MP- MPJ. And um, that's that's the Nuggets uh, prediction I have here. Yeah, I just I wanted to add the last things on the Nuggets. Uh, they did have a game today, so they did beat the Timberwolves by 15 points, 124 to 109. Mm-hmm. Uh, Michael Porter Jr. obviously is still out, so he's he didn't play. Uh, Jamal Murray had 36, five and four, so Jamal Murray is slowly getting back into Jamal Murray, you know. And Jokic yeah. had his triple double, 19, 12 and 12, yeah, in 32 minutes. And <laughs> uh, Gary Harris again, two points, two rebounds in 25 minutes. Ugh. Yeah, and Ay-ay-ay. that's like. Yeah, I mean, two points, two rebounds. Like, you're, you know, it's, it has to be a confidence thing more than anything. It just can't be like you lose your skill. Yeah, a lot of it, um, as I was also also reading other other places that, um, you know, he'll go in there and he'll drive at angles and he'll dunk on you. Now it's more of him just going in, in there and just trying to do a floater, you know, like, this has to be mental, definitely, yeah. for sure. Um, man, just the confidence is not there. And I don't know if he's just scared he's going to get injured again or whatever it might be. Obviously, the, the thing is, even if it's confidence, like with the driving and everything, where's the shot at, man? He had a shot. He's, he'll take crazy shots. Yeah. He'll make crazy shots. Those are gone. Um, and obviously, with other guys improving around you, like it opens up your game even more. But it seems like this has done the complete opposite for Gary Harris. Mm-hmm. I don't know if it's like the talk that, you know, Murray's taking the helm and he's not there. That's a confidence. You know, maybe his confidence lowered that way. And mentally, with injury and everything, kind of combination of things, um, that could be it too, you know. Um, but yeah, I mean, man, Gary Harris, I hope he figures it out. <laughs> Yeah, and like last thing, Monty Morris, uh, who plays guard, eleven points, so mm-hmm. almost five times as many points <laughs> as Gary Harris, who started the game. Yeah. So, uh, like we said, we we know Jokic is a superstar, so they're gonna be good. Jamal Murray is all star level, you know, and he's star level already. 
And obviously they're going to be really, really good. But I do want to see what the Nuggets are going to be because right now they're just, they don't look very good. And on that note, we, we out. out.